It's not fair. You can hear a child exclaiming as their brother or sister who has not done their chores fails to receive the expected punishment and receives only mercy instead. It's the complaint of the dutiful child everywhere. And I confess that in my family, as the youngest of three, I was nowhere near the dutiful child. I had no difficulty complaining when things weren't fair. It turns out that the dutiful child isn't the only one who can whine about fairness. But Jesus is not trying to give us a homey message about family dynamics. Dare I say it, he's giving us a lesson about kingdom economics. And the first danger about kingdom economics is to declare that it's about something other than economics. Now you can certainly get some nice lessons about other things from good kingdom economics. How to treat your brothers and sisters, how to be gracious to other people. Those are good lessons, but they aren't the point. Or you can start talking about metaphorical descriptions of the church. But this indicates that salvation is available to all even if they should repent very late in life and that we must not think that we have been mistreated having led good solid Christian lives for 50 years to discover that people who convert on their deathbed are equally loved by God. That's true. And if you get that message from this parable, that's fine. But it isn't what the parable is about. The parable is about money. It's about labor. It's about working. It's about social class. It's about uncomfortable topics that we would really rather Jesus stayed away from and talked about family dynamics and getting to heaven and things like that. Things in his proper sphere of business, you might say. I call it kingdom economics not because it is some kind of moral command but because it's how you know whether or not you are in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, says Jesus in Matthew, is a little invisible, and it's always near you. But what we see around us is a different kingdom of earthly kings. And being in a democracy doesn't change the dynamic. So the question is, how do I know whether I'm in the kingdom of God? And all these parables of the kingdom are little recognition signs. When you see things working this way, says Jesus, then you know you're in the kingdom of God. When the economic structure looks like this, that's the kingdom of God. And what's perfectly clear to me is that both union organizers and capitalist fat cats don't come out very good in this parable. To the union organizer, the parable casts a dim view of paying people hourly wages. 
and everyone getting the same amount of wages per hour with due respect for seniority and so forth. To the stereotypical fat cat, it also doesn't come across very well because it lauds paying people very generously for work that simply hasn't been done. The parable recognizes that the landowner and the workers are not on the same footing. And we get something a little wrong if we leap really quickly to spiritualizing that and say, well, the landowner is God and the workers are us. Again, that might be a nice moral lesson, but let's just stick with the literal text. They're all human beings in the story. And they've been given different advantages. And we don't know what they are, except we know that one of them is fortunate enough to own a vineyard, and all the rest have to sit outside Home Depot and hope somebody drives up and gives them a job. And at the end of the day, they all get the usual daily wage, which is to say enough to live on. Not necessarily very much more than that. And I rather think that if the people who only showed up at the fields at five in the afternoon didn't get the usual daily wage, the consequence would be that they wouldn't get to eat the usual daily food. So in kingdom economics, all are invited to work. None are exempt from working. And when we realize that, we sure hope the owner of the vineyard is out there doing some labor too, though we are not told it. But at least the owner of the vineyard knows that all of these workers need to eat. They all need a share of their society's advantages. If this owner has really understood kingdom economics, there's a pretty good chance that these are not the only recipients of his generosity. This landowner seems like someone who knows that God gave him this vineyard as a blessing for the whole community. It's not enough to have a few day laborers to pick some grapes one day. Wine is a process that requires more than one day's work. This vineyard owner seems to regard his vineyard and his prosperity as a tool by which he can bring the kingdom of God into existence. It's not a moral command upon him. There is no one telling him he must do this. In fact, the point of the story would be eliminated if he were responding to some kind of moral command. Because the point of the story is that he's generous, that he is going beyond what he must do. But I think if we asked him why, he would say, I have to be generous. How could I not? What about the laborers? 
sitting outside Home Depot and hoping somebody drives up with a little bit of work. They might long for a better arrangement than one in which they are continually, every day, not sure of where their next meal will come from. Grateful for the landowner, yes. Glad for the work, but hopeful for a little more security than that agricultural situation seems to provide them. So what is kingdom economics? Is it a set of moral rules that Christians ought to follow? I think that would miss the point. In fact, there's no indication of moral judgments here at all, except perhaps for the ones who were first hired and last paid, who were a little greedy, really. It's not just fairness they were complaining about. They'd hoped for perhaps double or triple the usual day's wage when they saw how things were going. Of course, they probably wanted that because they didn't know if tomorrow they'd be getting a day's work for a day's wage. Maybe not so greedy after all. Maybe just hoping for another meal. In kingdom economics, no one involved who gets what's going on, at least, no one who sees to the truth of the situation, No one who is tuned in to the king in the kingdom of God is busy worrying about moral rules, getting mine, making sure everyone is fair, or any of that. They're much more attentive to the situation. They see around them a world that is being transformed. This vineyard owner and his workers have not quite yet arrived. There is more economic transformation they need. But they're moving in a direction. And it's that direction that is the sign of the kingdom of God among them. As long as there are human beings, this side of the return of Christ, there will be economic unfairness and inequity. We can throw up our hands. Oh, that's the way it is. We can regard our first job as making sure that we and our families are always well taken care of and only then look around. Or we can make our first priority at least moving in the right direction. At least making things a little bit better day by day. Seeing fairly the plight of others through their eyes, rather than through a sense of fairness 
that's mostly designed to protect ourselves. I was blessed last week to hear an extraordinary sermon from my rector about mercy and judgment. And it fit very well with the readings that Sunday and with the anniversary of the attacks on September 11th, 2001. Mercy and judgment seems to come up a lot in church, however. This Sunday is no exception. Judgment, such as Jonah wanted for the city of Nineveh, or the hard-working laborer wanted at the end of the pay line, is only the beginning of the story. Mercy, generosity, is the end of the story. We should all thank God that God gives us always out of generosity and not what we deserve. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.